Hi, it's Maria Eves here and welcome to the She Shoots Landscapes podcast. Today I am super excited to have Rachel Mataira on the podcast. Rachel is a super successful landscape photographer now based in Waiheke, New Zealand. In 2019, Rachel won New Zealand Young Photographer of the Year. She's had a number of exhibitions of her work and in 2021, she was finalist for New Zealand Photographer of the Year. In 2022, she started doing wedding photography uh, for her business, Island Studios. So welcome, Rachel. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Cool. Um, So first up, uh, I just wanted to ask you, what gives you inspiration for your landscape photography? Honestly, a lot of things. Um, I mean, naturally, the land itself. But also, I like to look at what's going on in the world and sort of understand, you know, what kind of landscapes around New Zealand and internationally are potentially, you know, under a lot of threat to not being the way they are going forward. And I think for me, I generally take quite a documentary style approach to where I choose to photograph. I mean, obviously, beautiful places are easy and it's very easy to get inspired by that. But for me, I always try and think a little bit deeper on, okay, well, if I'm photographing this now, why am I doing that? And actually, a lot of my work, I have kind of come to the conclusion that maybe in 20 or 30 years time, you know, those landscapes might not be there anymore or they might look significantly different and therefore... I yeah I get quite inspired by making sure to document the beauty of them as they are in the current moment I guess. Mm, Yeah that's really cool I've noticed that a lot of your work kind of um, has a documentary style as well and sometimes you kind of cross over into um, even people and stuff Um, obviously most of your stuff that I've seen is landscape photography but yeah I just wondered um, how you kind of connected those two things and um, what your thought process was so it's um, really cool Um, do you have any photographers that you've learned from or been inspired by yeah definitely Um, again they're more documentary photographers um, but someone who's you know had a significant impact on my life directly and also her work is really inspiring is Mel Burford Um, and so Mel is a Kiwi, uh, but she's had an incredible photographic career and um, a lot of her work was based in the the US when she was living over there and she was photographing for, from memory, the Boston Times, I want to say. Um, But she got really inspired by an assignment that she was on when she was there, it's called Sugar Hill. And she essentially lived in with, um, you know, a really low socioeconomic demographic um, community and just lived their life and photographed them over years and um, you know I guess by placing herself in that situation she was able to capture so many different things that people you know wouldn't be able to and ultimately you know her like fixation and borderline obsession I don't think she'd mind me saying that um, ended up leading her to you know ultimately winning a Pulitzer Prize and all of these incredible awards, but her intention in that moment and during that process was not thinking about that. It was just 
merely um, living the life of these people. And I find that really inspiring, I think, because she, you know, she's so incredible, but she does it for the love of photography and not for anything else. Um, Yes, she's definitely made an impact and inspired me. And then um, someone else who I, I don't, I mean, I've had a couple of conversations with her, but I don't don't know her super well, but her name's um, Deanne Fitzmaurice and she's a photographer based in the US. And I think her career is really interesting. She's done a lot of documentary style work um, and, you know, won, again, won Pulitzer Prize and stuff like that. But she has, I guess, throughout her career um, ended up forming an organization called Think Tank and they do, you know, camera equipment and stuff like that. So I think it's like the commercialization of, you know, her craft and improving the industry, I find really inspiring as well. Um, But yeah, no, not really any, I mean, I guess someone like Jimmy Chin's incredible with landscapes. And again, I, I think it's, you know, he really, he he goes to a beautiful place and yes you could photograph that but it's it's really the story and the people that inform his work the most and I think yeah for me it's like looking at these incredible people and and realizing there's so much more depth in you know a landscape than than just a pretty landscape there's the story there's the kind of the cultural significance and the social significance and I think I really um, am inspired by the documentary styled approach to my work and I you know definitely want to evolve that more in the context of of landscapes yeah that's so cool I actually I've heard of Jimmy Chin but I haven't even heard of the other two photographers so I'll definitely have to look them up but uh, it's, it's just awesome that there's so many um, amazing photographers out there um, to look up to and um, everyone's I guess drawn to different people so that's really cool um do you have a favorite location or district to photograph um not not really um I guess for me like a lot of my work um that you know you would have seen or other people would have seen is is primarily based down in central Otago um mainly just because of where my family you know it's just we've got a place in central Otago um so I spend a lot of time there which is nice and and family lives down there so naturally have taken a lot of photos there but um at the same time I definitely no I don't have a favorite place it changes all the time and I don't know I think you have to be driving along or walking and you see something and that can inspire you in that moment and it's not really about I don't definitely don't plan um don't plan anything that's interesting that's what I was going to actually just ask you next uh off the top of my head um I'm really interested to kind of learn about people's kind of process and like do you plan shoots or do you just you know go with the moment and if you see something beautiful you want to shoot it because I don't know I've been playing with the two lately and it's it's um yeah, just interesting to see what works better and what other people are doing. So you don't really plan anything, you just... Well, I mean, if, for example, I have decided I want to shoot in a certain location, I mean, that's planned and I've chosen to go there. But in terms of um, sort of 
yeah planning moments itself no not at all um some of my favorite photographs I've ever taken actually end up taking me by surprise because I'm like it's you don't plan it it just happens and you're there to capture it and it's so exciting and I think it's almost part of the joy that I get with taking photos is it's like that surprise of what are we going to photograph what's going to pop up and what's you know I don't know what moment's going to happen and being able to kind of capture that um as I think really makes it more unique and and um I yeah I just really enjoy that feeling so no I don't I do not plan to the T um mm. at all and but you know if I'm doing a commission or if I'm doing something like that where they're like okay cool you need to be here obviously that's planned and you can have a general idea of what someone wants or what you want to take a photo of but no I don't I don't think you you can especially with nature it's changing constantly so I think you would leave leaving yourself to disappointment if you hoped for a beautiful sunny beach with I don't know birds and the day's raining you know and it's like you're like oh no I can't take my photo well actually you can it's raining and it's beautiful and there's you know it's just kind of adapting to like what the environment is is doing and it's always unpredictable which I think makes it quite beautiful Mm. so what is your favorite photo then that you've taken I've got a few um I think um probably some of the ones that I've taken down in Nelson um that was a complete sort of unplanned trip one of my friends was just down there and asked if I wanted to come down on a little road trip and so I the same day packed my bags and just drove down there and we had five days of just exploring and I'd never been and again didn't know anything about the landscapes didn't know anything about it but just driving around and allowing yourself the space to get inspired by what you're seeing was so magical and exciting and I yeah some of those photos I I love because they were complete I had no idea what I was going down to photograph and it ended up being so beautiful and um yeah I guess as time's gone on I'm more focused now on aerial photography um I think it's really interesting to look at the parallels between you know what you can see from the sky looking down and and actually how much um like those patterns that you see from aerial photography actually um permeate in other areas of life I know it sounds a little bit waffly but like a for example like a braided river it's so interesting to look at like the patterns of a braided river and see how that repeats in so many different other places like veins on your skin or other things like that and I think aerial photography gives you a really um kind of unique perspective which I like and so I imagine over time probably more of my favorite pieces will be aerials it's such a different perspective right it's so cool it's almost like abstract photography because sometimes like I love aerial photography too I haven't got into aerial landscape photography yet um but I just look at some people's work and you have to like look at it a few times to actually figure out what it's of and I love that uh, about aerial photography and like you said you can 
yeah, see so many similarities between the patterns and the landscape and um, other things. And you can just, different people can tell so many different stories from, um, from an aerial landscape photo. Uh, so talking about that, um, have you seen your style change over the years? Yeah, I think I think naturally um, it, it's changed a little bit. Um, I guess I do a lot more aerial-based um, photography now than I used to. Um, but yeah, I think the style might have changed slightly, but I've, I guess what I'm inspired by hasn't changed um, in terms of you know, that documentary approach to everything that I try to do. Um, yeah, so I guess a little bit, but not not really, you think? Yeah. Um, do you do most of your aerials with uh, the drone or do you often shoot out of aircraft? Both, yeah, both. It's, you know, I when I first got a drone, which would have been like, I don't know, seven years ago. Wow. Yeah. Seven years ago, probably. Um, I didn't really know much about flying. And so I just put my drone up and I, you know, didn't really, I just didn't, well, there wasn't a lot of um, stuff online about drones and I didn't really know the rules around drones, but since I've started to do more aerial, you know, you have to, in New Zealand, you've got to go and apply, apply for consents with DOC and they have to get approved and you've got to do like all of your kind of ecological assessments of the area that you're wanting to photograph and then also getting permissions from you know councils or airports um, or you know there's a lot of um, paperwork that goes into putting a drone up um, which I spend a, I've spent a lot of time in doing um, and so for me I think it's really important to have all of that in place because you don't want people just flying a drone and and hitting a plane or you know damaging any of the you know natural environment so i think it's important to have that but at the same time it does kind of take away the spontaneity of being able to just put up a drone when you see something beautiful so with that it has lent more into going into helicopters or planes um, but mainly yeah helicopters yeah Cool. Yeah, we had a, um, when I went to Antarctica um, with the Navy last year, uh, you actually have to get a consent, like, I think at least a year in advance to be able to use a drone there. And um, it was our video guy, actually, that took the drone and he asked them six months before and they were like, you're way too late, mate. You had to have this submitted, like, at least a, like, a year before. Yeah, yeah so it's crazy all that consents and stuff totally and I mean to be honest it's really important um mm. but it, it does does make it harder you know to get creative in a space when you know you know that yeah definitely um, <laughs> has to be so planned yes well it, yeah you do I mean you don't have to well actually that it really depends on where you're where you're photographing um mm. yeah yeah cool um kind of moving on now to um yeah like getting your photography out there 
So what, what is the biggest challenge you've faced in becoming a full-time landscape photographer and um, getting your work out into the world? I think the biggest challenge for me personally was probably confidence. Um, yeah, I mean, I was really lucky when I went full-time. I had so much support around me and, um, you know, I had a lot of, amazing people in my life that really encouraged me but I think for me it was my own my own self I had to kind of push out of the way I think that was probably the biggest challenge of you know I think it's quite easy to be like have thoughts in your mind of is this going to work what am I doing I don't know what I'm doing and yeah that was probably the biggest challenge is like learning to feel those things and just kind of push forward anyway and trust that you know that you'll work it out and um yeah it, it's i once i kind of push that out of the way i absolutely loved it and yeah i'm so grateful for the amount of support i've had from people i know and people i don't know and yeah it's been it's been really good so it's so important to have that support hey eh? i mean it's it can be so lonely as a photographer and I don't personally I'm often questioning my work and I'll put stuff up on Instagram or whatever and then like a few months later or whatever I'm like oh I'm gonna take that down I don't like that anymore (laughs) or I just don't have the confidence you know so um yeah I I find that challenge as well um did you ever have a moment where you felt like you'd made it as a landscape photographer not really, no. I, I, uh, I, um, no. I mean, I guess, I guess maybe when I went full time, because I guess technically that's what I, I was. A, I am, a, you know, a photographer. But um, no, I, no, I, I try not get too wrapped up in external. Um, for me, it's like, it's really just the feeling, I guess what, what motivates me in, in photography is that feeling when you take a photo that's just beautiful and you know it's beautiful and like you've seen the moment through your lens and um, you capture it and it's like, it's such a rush and it's so exciting and for me, yeah, I guess that's more the feeling of it made it I guess or is when I'm doing it well, that's so good that you have that mindset because I think when I left the air force and decided I was going to become a full-time landscape photographer I guess I've realized now that that kind of took away a lot of that like I'm doing it for me and I'm doing this because I love it and it, there started to be pressure to sell photos and be successful Mm. and it's really easy to get tied up in that I think so that's cool that you know you say it's most important to you that you enjoy the moment and love what you're doing so I guess it feeds into being okay if you're not enjoying it and if you're not yeah if you're not loving it and you're not passionate about it then uh, what's the point you know like that should that's kind of 
foundation of anything and I think like you know awards or any kind of accolade like that that comes after and I think it kind of feeds into what I was talking about with Mel um, who I was you know the New Zealand photographer who lived in the US like for her she based herself in this community for two years just photographing and being so deeply involved in her work that yes ultimately it led to other things but you know that's not wasn't her intention for living in Sugar Hill amongst um, you know an African American low socioeconomic demographic you know group of people and that she didn't know what would come of that but it's what inspired her at the time and I find her talking about that story really inspirational because I think that's you know if anyone's who, who's in a creative industry you need to be doing it because you love it because that's the only thing that's going to motivate you to keep going and yes you might get good sales or you might get whatever and yes that can externally motivate you for a little bit too and also it's a necessity to live but at the same time if that's your only driving force then I don't think there's going to be a long career you know you've really got to love it um, because it's hard work too definitely yeah yeah what is there anything that you're working on right now or anything in the pipeline uh yeah I mean I've got a few ideas of projects I'd like to start um a couple of projects landscape photography and a little bit of documentary photography mixed projects I'd like to do um but at the same time kind of feeding back into the inspiration from Mel, they will be quite involved projects that um, doesn't necessarily have a commercial element to it. So I would need to look at, well, I've been, have been looking at, but need to further look at um, grants and stuff like that so that I can actually pursue it. Um, because yeah, I think over the last sort of five years, I've loved selling fine art and I want to do that until I'm 90 years old and I love it so much but at the same time I'm really inspired by the more the longer projects and yeah really want to try doing try to do one of those um yeah yeah it's, it's a challenge right like you say you need to look for a grant because to pro produce some really meaningful work sometimes you just need to go off the grid and like do your thing and be immersed in um what you're doing but at the same time you've got to live um and you've got to pay to live exactly and I think for me um what I have been inspired by is yeah I've got a couple of well, one in particular but a couple of longer projects that I'd love to do but it's sort of like okay well I can't afford to to go and to go and do those right now um so yeah it is just going to be if, if a grant pops up I you know I would love to apply for it and hopefully be able to do these projects because um again I think the amazing thing about photography is that it captures a moment in time that we'll never have again and I think some of the most amazing photographers like you know the recent like the late um Arns Westra you know, she has done some, such important work for New Zealand um, by fully immersing herself in the time that she was living. I think, um, so yeah, some of the most important 
works um, and history, photography works, you know, come from photographers truly just immersing themselves in whether it's, you know, their environment or their culture or, or just in wherever they are and producing and being able to just produce. And so when you add in the pressure of selling or, the, you know, when you, yeah, when you add in that pressure of selling, you're thinking more about what other people want, which, well, sometimes, I mean, I don't, I don't really do that so much, but it's just, you have to think about other people versus picking a project, being so passionate about it and just being able to, you know, I guess, contribute to, um, like showing what life was like now for the future, um, which is harder. So you do really well to kind of block out other opinions or maybe, I don't know, do you just not listen? Because I got into this huge downward spiral, I think it was last year and I got some feedback. Um, actually you, you were there at that critique, you got feedback on my work and it was like, oh, you should have had more details in the dark areas and maybe you could have put a flash in there and this and that. And it got me thinking like, oh, okay, that's good feedback. Maybe I could think about that. But I think I realized that at the end of the day, I actually really liked how it was. And because I was overthinking it so much after that, and I cared so much about what other people thought, it kind of just clouded my vision. And I actually got to the point where I didn't even know what I liked anymore. So mm. I, yeah, you do really well to kind of just stay true to yourself and be like, no, this is what I like. And this is what I'm doing. And yeah don't care what you think well it's interesting because that at that critique that you're talking about I mean I got some feedback that evening too around a crop that I'd done or, or a crop that I well, didn't the crop that I didn't do on one of my images I have done that and I mean and I could totally see where everyone was coming from and I was like actually like that's a valid point but at the same time, like I've done this intentionally because of these reasons. And I think in the arts, it's, you know, it's, it's not maths, it's not black or white. It's totally up to interpretation of both the person who's creating the work and the person who's, you know, viewing the work and someone's perspective on what you should or shouldn't do is totally based on their own style and opinions of work that they would produce which is so valuable and interesting and good to listen to but at the same time you know we're all different and yes like some of the feedback is super helpful and you're like wow I've never thought of that and mm. that's really valuable and I've never thought to do it like that that's really good I will take that on but then at the same time you know if someone thinks that I should crop it on a diagonal for me that just isn't gonna that's not my style that's not what I do and so it's like being able to decipher between okay that's actually really valuable feedback that will help me or versus actually that doesn't align with my work or what I think and I'm gonna keep going with what I'm doing you know um but I, it's so cool that you can just I mean I'm I'm think I've got there now where I can do that and yeah like take it with a grain of salt and just be like, oh, actually, yeah, that is something I hadn't thought about and maybe I'll try that again next time or just be like, actually, no, I did this for a reason and I like it the way it is. That's um, really cool. It's, it's hard and I, 
I think people's opinions are really important in the sense of getting, as I say, like getting that feedback and improving and seeing things in a way that you haven't seen them that do align with what you're trying to do, like super valuable and super important. But also if you listen to everyone, then really what are you in what are, what are you actually going to produce you know you're going to produce like a combination of what everyone else wants as opposed to what you want and as someone who's a creative it's especially in the arts the, you know it's a total representation of what you think as opposed to what mm. other people um which i think is more important to you know remember and yeah not to take on too much of other people totally yeah i totally agree that you know you've got to just do it for yourself and um you've got to do it because you love it not to make money or for anything else and um yeah thank you for kind of reinforcing that um and thank you well side note yeah. <laughs> yeah. you do have to make money because you have to pay your bills and live but at the same time what I was trying to I don't know if I articulated it clearly but what I was trying to say is that you have to do it because you love it as the primary you know uh, totally but it's kind of a chicken egg situation right because <laughs> if you're not like in the zone loving it then you're not going to be producing work that people will buy or that yeah people are going to pay you to do photography for exactly if if you're not but you can't I just don't think you can force it you know so it's like I guess like well for me anyway the constant challenge is keeping myself inspired because if I'm inspired then everything else will flow from that but um at the end of the day if I'm not inspired then nothing else can happen you know yeah yeah totally understand what you mean um yeah thank you so much for coming on the podcast um you've really inspired me to get into drone photography and just to remember that you know not to just do photography to make money to kind of remember that I'm just doing it for me as well at the end of the day and yeah just telling a story and in your photos as well is really important I think um and you really do a good job of kind of showing that in your photos. So yeah, um, if anyone wants to find you online, um, can you just let us know where we can find you uh, on your website and Instagram or wherever? Yeah, um, people can just go to my website, which is rachelmatira.com or my Instagram, which is just yeah, my name, Rachel Matira. Um, but yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I'm inspired by you. You're doing you're doing great things. So it's cool. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I feel like um, I'm building some foundations at the moment. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I think um, just got to stay committed, right? Definitely, that's the hardest part.